0: hello and welcome to this special series of start somewhere for cop 26 the climate emergency Uh, i am so just touched and delighted and just generally grateful for this amazing lady for, for for joining us she's really really busy and she's she's actually managed to find like some spare time sleeping time to talk to us so and and this amazing lady is like the climate expert she is she is everything you need to know about climate this this amazing woman is, is 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 your your woman and she is the incredible cassie flynn who is the head of climate strategies and policy for the united nations development program
1: hi cassie how are you love Sarah, it is so fantastic to be here. I just adore you. I adore all of these wonderful things that you are doing uh, to help help bring us all together on, and be talking about all of these big topics. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled, just thrilled to be talking. Oh, you.
0: bless you. Well, I mean, you are one of my inspirations, and and you know, we we have actually only really kind of just mentioned one of your titles, and you have about four others as far as I can work out. But you're, you know, you're that woman on climate (laughs) and and, and a hell of an activist and and you're doing amazing amazing stuff but first off let's go back to like how it all started where tell us about how you started like you know where you grew up were you always like passionate about climate you know yeah I'd love to hear about it because I don't I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you thank you so much I you know I grew up in the west coast of the United States. I grew up outside of Seattle, Washington. Mm. And it is, it, you know, I have come to appreciate it so much more as I have gotten older and I moved away because it is one of those magical places where you have water, you have mountains, you have desert on the other side of the mountains. You, you have all these beautiful, magical places. And I got to grow up with that. And I'll never forget, there was this, this one day where um, some family friends, uh, uh, they had a, a very small sort of boat that we were taking out um, to be to be on the water, and we found ourselves in the middle of a pod of orca whales. Oh, oh my god. god! It was unbelievable. I mean, we're in this boat sort of just thinking, oh, yeah, we're just sort of, you know, rowing around, and all of a sudden here is a huge pot of orca whales. And you can see their, their, you know, their dorsal fins coming out of the water. You can see the, the tails coming up and it was utterly mesmerizing. And, and you just, you are, you feel like you are in the presence of greatness. You just, you can feel it. And I was, I was in my teens at the time. I was, I was about 16 and I, it just touched me so much. And as I got older and I started learning more about environmental issues, I kept sort of thinking about those orca whales. And and I kept thinking about, Oh my goodness. Like I, I was, I got to witness this very brief moment and to think about all of the things that we are doing that are affecting these whales and affecting uh, their existence. And that's how it really started for me, and and then I started started learning a lot about uh, international environmental issues, and and I went to school to study international environmental governance and law, and it's a it's a very complicated area because environmental issues, especially climate change, they don't know any borders. They don't climate. The climate crisis doesn't care about about your borders, and so. I started learning more, and then I started getting involved at the United Nations and uh, started helping with the with countries with the climate change negotiations. And uh, fast forward, you know, we 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 adopted the Paris Agreement in twenty fifteen, and now now we are a few years later, and and really keeping it moving. Yes,
0: and you really are, and 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 it's quite quite extraordinary, and and. I mean that is just such a wonderful story because obviously we've now found, you know, how important whales are in stopping climate change. I mean they are quite miraculous in 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 actually what what they what they do to help the whole ecosystem and and they are kind of little carbon sequesters in their own rights, if you like, mm-hmm. and, and and just extraordinary. And you know, and, and obviously indigenous people have have long. You know like the maoris and and with the song lines of the whales, you know they are such an important part of of of, of our our, our world and our culture and you know so many people are beginning to recognize that and 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 really really looking at, at at how they can you know support whales and 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 that whale populations are i believe you know increasing in some areas of the world no not not all of them but yeah, and how
1: connected we all are right that 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 everything that we do is having an impact on the planet that and and the choices that we make as humanity are shaping the future as we know it for for whales and and for us and we need each other we need to be working together as as humans but we also need to be working with these incredible creatures around the world that are being impacted by by our very own choices
0: yes and and, and you know i, I you know it, it it isn't just about humanity and 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 you know starkly I think as David Attenborough you know has has put it we are we are potentially looking at the end of all life on earth and um, and that includes us and 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 every living you know breathing creature around us which is absolutely terrifying so You know, Cassie, I'd love, you know, and I know our listeners would would kind of love to hear about like how you're living your purpose now. I mean, kind of, you know, what do you what do you do in your job? You know, and you know these cut negotiations, and you you also you're also working for you know for the United Nations, and you've said you know we 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 you know all exist on one planet. I mean, climate change knows no borders, but yet yeah. <laughs> we've got these things called countries, you know, we've got, we've got like over, I'm not sure what the final the latest count is, but I think there were over 200 of them. So, so, you know, ha, ha, tell us how, you know, ha, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You know, wh- wh- yeah. <laughs> We'd love to, love yeah. to.
1: So, so yeah. So my, my first climate negotiation um, was a million years ago uh, and My one of my roles, because I came to to this process as someone who um, wanted to help these delegations from smaller countries that um, needed to arrive at these negotiations, you know, big countries, the U.S., Brazil and others, they show up with with 400 people and they are professional economists. They are politicians. They are scientists. They are lawyers. And then you have smaller countries. Who show up and they've essentially got four people, and the it, it's the playing field is not level. And so when I first started in in this process, my goal was to help those smaller countries, and so um, I would support them in terms of the uh, sort of the issues of the negotiations, help answer questions about any sort of uh, negotiations, sort of skills and and how cops work and and all of that and. I was so honored to be able to do that. It um, a thing to do, yeah. They're just incredible. They are just incredible. And I, I was so, so honored. And then that has evolved over time too, because we, you know, as a part of the climate negotiations, um, we created these national pledges under the Paris Agreement. And so now what I do um, alongside sort of supporting everyone I can as a part of the, the climate negotiations is to help countries with these pledges. So I run a program that's in 120 countries to create ambitious climate pledges and then to be able to help deliver on them. So that's the big challenge we have right now.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it's all very well making these, these punchy promises. But there is the reality of actually delivering on them, and 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 let's face it, I mean a lot of these targets are, are are quite a way out. So I mean, you know, the people making the pledges, you know, are, are, are probably not going to be in power, you know. So the, I mean, therein lies lies lies, you know, lies lies lies, you know, quite quite quite, you know, an interesting dichotomy. So like, you know, how 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 do you kind of like get these people to honor their promises, if you like.
1: Well, I think something that's so interesting about the, about the climate crisis is that we actually have a very specific ticking clock. Mm. We know that time matters, and we have it pretty specific about when and how things need to happen. And so this is our challenge, right, is that we have to essentially change the world. We have to have these huge transformational choices being made about how we get our energy, about how we grow, consume, and dispose of our food, how we have different vehicles around the world, how we protect nature, um, what we do when category five storms or wildfires show up on our door, what's a green job. We, we, there's all of these very big issues that countries are are grappling with. And at this moment, we have to make progress on these big issues in a time frame that we have never experienced before. Um, and the good news is that we know how to do it; we can do it, but we have to really get get a move on. And so, I think this is also why, you know, particularly in the in the climate negotiations, we pay so much attention to what is the year that countries are attaching to some of their yeah. goals. And sometimes these years are. A long way out, giving them a a big buffer. We've we've had a few countries, um,
0: you know, kind of kind of really long way out. So I I might add. I mean, I mean, almost probably towards the, you know, like. <laughs> there was, there was a. I'll yeah, uh, be um, claiming my pension, you know. I, know. <laughs> you know? So like, I might no. not because there might not be one. by then. let's face it. <laughs> but, 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 yes, and I also might not be around. But you know, but yes, I mean that's that's mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's quite, yeah. quite ridiculous, really. So I can say that you can't, but but it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> well,
1: but but I think this is it's such a good point too because it's also not like you know, when a country makes a pledge for 2050, that, you know, on December 31st, 2049, they push a button, they flip a bunch of switches, and then all of a sudden everything changes and and they are going to be net zero on January 1st, you know, t- 2050. And, and instead, a lot of these choices have to be made now because you have such a long journey to even get from the decision of, for example, not having any more coal in your country, not having any coal-fired power plants in your country, to actually achieving that and being able to power grids and power communities um, through clean sources, it takes it takes decades to do that. And so, the choices really do have to be made now, and collectively, we have to get there by twenty fifty. Um, we need countries to really be stepping up, and and so. I I am hopeful that even though some countries have given given themselves a little bit of wiggle room in these uh, in these targets, you call it wiggle room, I call it like like
0: 20, uh, further twenty or thirty years.
1: <laughs> um, I I do think it's going to change over time. I, I I do think the the pressures and the momentum uh, for for achieving these targets is only going to intensify. And and even now when here. You see countries coming out with targets at 2070 or 2060. It's the world takes notice and the world essentially says that's not going to cut it because our fates are all tied. And when you make these statements that are sort of a long ways out, it's great you're making a a statement like this. We welcome all of the the commitments, but it's got to happen faster and it's got to happen bigger. Then. Yes,
0: and and this is what I, Cassie, I just I just don't understand. I mean, they're supposedly looking to the future, but they're not really, because I, I, I don't necessarily feel that some of these leaders realise that, like, the future of humanity actually rests in their hands right now. And I, I think, you know, from my experience, there's a lot of, like, looking to the next generation and stuff like that, but I mean, we need to be doing it now. We need to create mm-hmm. a bridge. We need to create the right environment. And, you know, when I go to things like the, the Youth Cop, it just, I mean, it's just so inspiring. But I'm wishing these guys were in power now.
1: Yeah. Move over. It's so interesting, right? Because, we, you know, we did something um, uh, a little while ago called the, the People's Climate Vote. And we essentially asked people... Do you think climate change is a global emergency? And how do you want your government to solve it? And we did a recent analysis of this about people under the age of 18 in G20 countries. And most people under the age of 18 um, aren't able to vote. They aren't in the workforce. They aren't sort of exerting sort of massive influence um, in their day-to-day life. Yeah. Because um, they're young. And it was incredible. I, we had. of young people in G20 countries saying climate change is a global emergency and they want action on it now. And when you think about this generation, as they start to enter the workforce, as they start to exercise their political voice, as they start to become bigger consumers of different types of products, there's, I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of momentum, um, and I, I really hope that actually these world leaders start paying attention to this now, because uh, as you said, it is humanity rests on their shoulders, and um, there's, there's no going back from this.
0: Yes, and, and and I find it even more surprising. I mean, you know, in some cases when they have young children, I mean, they're they're talking about, I mean, you know, this is all kicking off in in in, in their children. Some. Um, Lifetimes, you know, and and our lifetimes. I mean, I think that you know, we all thought climate change would happen, you know, <laughs> out there, but the headlines that we were all predicting are now coming true.
1: And- yeah, and and I think the level of fear and the level of grief of um, you know, I was talking to a young woman the other day who was who was just devastated because she, she was in high school and she was learning about climate change and. She learned that if we hit two degrees, essentially coral reefs as we know them are going to be wiped out. And she loves coral reefs, and she wanted her career to be about coral reefs. She she studies them. She's very passionate about them. And in this class, to realize that you know, decisions being made that she can, you know, felt very powerless to influence are now affecting this thing that that she very much loves and how she had been seeing her her life evolve. And and we have other people who are experiencing these wildfires and these floods and, and they're saying, I, I don't buy into this. This is not what I want. And I am not gonna stand here and and let decisions be made without me sort of making my voice very, very clear that this is not okay and, and world leaders do do need to step up.
0: Yeah, and and I think, I mean, you know, uh, uh, when we look at that photograph of from the carp of all the world leaders, I mean, they are all men, pretty much. I mean, you know, and, and we're losing, you know, Angler, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're losing some of them rather than it's going the wrong way um, in some ways, but, but, but hopefully there's some other elections coming up where we'll have more female leaders, but, but, you know, why is the inclusion of women and underrepresented minorities actually at the decision-making table so important? Mm
1: -hmm. I, I was so struck by that photo and, you know, and, and it is very, very telling, um, that, that the, the big sort of decision makers right now, the big leaders, um, uh, in, in many, many countries, um, uh, it, it is not a gender balanced situation. It is no. not, it's not a balanced it's situation like in, in any, in any way. Yeah. And, and I think that especially, you know, with some of the, the dialogue that's been happening around, um, you know, have women leaders handled COVID better yes. than, uh, than men. And, and I think that that discussion has also opened up, I think, a what if discussion about climate, that if we had more women leaders, actually, would there be a tangible difference? Would we be seeing more momentum? Would we be seeing more action? Um, would, would our fate be a little bit different? Yeah. And I think that's a really important conversation to have because as we look around the world, we see a very diverse place. We see a lot of different types of people from all different places. And we want the action on climate change to reflect that. And, and we've even seen, um, at least in, in the work that we're doing um, on the ground, this, this this work we do in 120 countries, we actually did an analysis about if a country is more inclusive about their discussions on climate change, are they more ambitious in the end? And the data pointed that in majority of cases, that is true. That when you have more people around the table, when you are incorporating gender considerations, when you're talking to youth, when you're talking to indigenous and local communities, when you're talking to all sorts of vulnerable groups, that your level of climate ambition actually increases. And, and I think this is, this is something that makes me so energized and so uh, ready to, to to sing this from the rooftops because we are seeing the impact of that, and and I and I think that it's so so important that we we continue to fight for inclusivity at every level of power. Um, yes. we gotta we gotta change that photo. Uh, oh my of, God, we of, so of, have to change those that world leaders, and we need to change it all the way down the rungs that it that it reflects. Humanity as it actually exists.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. And 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 then I think I mean my next question, which is, you know, like, what's your top tip for those listening who want to start somewhere? I mean, like, how can we create that change? Because it's down to us, you know. They, <laughs> they are never going to do it, you know. <laughs> It's down to each and every one of us. What can we, what can each of us do to make that a reality, Cassie?
1: Well, I think there there's a few things about this. And 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 one is, I think it's really important that everyone understand that you can bring what you've got to this fight. Yeah. That you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know a lot about climate science. You don't have to know... uh you know, the specific regulations about recycling in your neighborhood. Um, Maybe you are someone who is an amazing artist or a poet or someone who can bring what you have, what your unique voice is. And I think that this is really important because we, we need everybody to continue pushing this issue. We need everybody to continue talking about this issue. And because when we've got more people talking about it and talking about it from their own perspectives, Then we can help to push these conversations that every election has climate on top of the docket. You know, every single one from world leaders on to down to your your local city council that you you are thinking about climate in the companies that Mm -hmm. you buy things from that you think about your investment portfolios. You know, we we have, you know, retirement funds and we've got all of these things that are a part of our lives that we may not initially think are tied to climate action, but are completely huge tools and weapons for us to be able to fight the climate crisis.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like our purpose really is in our pocket. and And as you say, I mean, like, you know, our pension funds are considerable and if you say i don't want to invest in fossil fuels or coal or you know or mm-hmm. or, or cigarettes or, or do you know I mean? yeah. Like, like yeah you can do that it's your money yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you, know, you can it's your choice yeah. it's your money your choice and yeah. and also I, I i really you know the more the more i uh, i i fell into this it's like you to encourage people to step forward and go into politics and change the Mm -hmm. whole machine because, because, I mean, I think so many people are reluctant to do it because they feel it's a dirty business and whatever. And, and I think, you know, we can only change it if, if we get involved and if we, if we, if we go for it.
1: Mm -hmm. It, It's so true. And I think this is, and not being afraid to be, a candidate or, um, or a leader that is very vocal about how important climate change is to you. You know, that, that sometimes, and we see this in a lot of countries where climate change can be so polarizing and it can be so vicious in, Mm -hmm. in the dialogue that it is very scary. And it's very scary. um, I think in many cases in particular for women to sort of sit up and say, hey, no, I'm, I'm, I care about the climate crisis and I want to be bold. And this is what I stand for. And because sometimes that results in, you know, the reality is you get people coming at you. And, and I think what, what's so important is amplifying this, you know, among communities, um, and, you know, women, men, like, you know, being able to really amplify the fact that actually climate action should be, everyone's priority and you know we can have debates about what to do about it that's fine but it is a priority and it is the the thing that we need to do and and I think helping all people to be able to be um, very direct about that um and and be able to um be supported in terms of of uh being able to make this make this clear because I I feel like you know at least in some of the moments where I've been really terrified to um, to be courageous about this. That it is when you've got the community with you, when you've got you know, courage comes in groups, and uh, and I I think that's really true when it comes to climate.
0: Yeah, I I, I certainly agree with you, and and I think the you know. They're an amazing organisation like 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 yours and Cassie. How do people find out more about this? Well, you've got some amazing web resources. Where where do, if people are interested and and also want to know more about the People's Climate Vote, where do, where do they go to, to to look?
1: Yeah, so you can check out um, the Climate Promise uh, and and it's it's United Nations Development Programme, so UNDP Climate Promise, and you can check out check out the website there. You can see a lot of the, the work that's going on um, and things that we're seeing on the ground. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about with this work is that I get to witness every day countries making some pretty bold decisions. And oh, yeah. a lot of the countries we work with are, you know, they're, they're not the biggest emitters. They are not the ones that are in the headlines all the time, but they are making truly revolutionary transformational choices right now and it's it gives me a lot of hope and gives me a lot of um a lot of faith that that we can do this um and we gotta we gotta follow their lead
0: we do and we need to call them out and we need to celebrate them because yeah. i i i really feel that you know if we can inspire the others into moving yeah. you know like, yeah. like like you know if you know i just i always feel like if you know it's like, you know, if you always beat them with a stick, they, they just become more entrenched, but actually if you inspire them into it. And and I mean, really bravo to, this, to the smaller nations that are doing it and, and are waking up. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really, I very much believe in, in kind of the tipping point. So I'm hoping that, mm-hmm. you know, the stream becomes a, do you know what I mean a flood? Yeah, <laughs> in a, a good flood way, yeah. rather than a than a than a terrible yeah. flood way. Sorry, <laughs> bad an analogy. Excuse me, but you get the gist. Uh, love it, love it. Oh, but Cassie, it, it, it's so reassuring to hear, you know, that from you. And and I have to say, I like thank my lucky stars every day that you're in there you know you mean like shining such a light and and thank you for for all that you do because I mean your 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 passion and your kind of like relentless determination you know to, to you know for the well-being of humanity and this planet and everything on earth is is just remarkable so thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you do and I I know it's exhausting and tough but you know we we Bless you
1: and thank you for doing it. I I appreciate that so much, Sarah. It's um uh you know, working on climate change is not for the faint of heart. And I am I am very, very grateful to the many, many, many people who who inspire me every day and people that have uh helped me throughout this journey, people that have, you know, reached out their hands to say, Hey, all right, you know, let's let's work on this together or um, here's ways that we can, uh, amplify, uh, various things that are going on and, um, being able to be really arm in arm with an amazing, uh, group of people that, um, that continue to inspire me every day. So I'm, I'm really honored by them. And, uh, a lot of this work is a credit. To them
0: bless you i think that's incredibly humble as you always yes. love <laughs> thank you thank you for being our women in the climate arena and all that you do my love and take care and 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 have a very well-deserved sleep tonight thank
1: you oh thank you so much sarah you're the best